0: Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Well, since the pandemic, alcoholism's up 50%. Online sales of alcohol up 253%. Opioid addiction is up 30%. Domestic violence is up 15%. Mental health has increased. Anxiety and depression has increased. Interest rates are at a 10-year high. And there's a recession looming for 2023, according to Deutsche Bank. It's the most wonderful time of the year. (laughs) You feel that tension when we get to Christmas? That We kind of feel this stuff... And they were supposed to be happy. <laughs> we kind of, kind of get caught thinking about those times in which, I, I don't know about you, we wish we could just go back to those moments when, when everything was right under the tree and there wasn't a care in the world, and, and yet we're dealing with all this stuff, this stuff. And we feel this tension uh, because the reality is what I'm going to talk about this morning is not a Christian thing, it's a thing thing. You don't have to be a Christian to deal with what we're going to talk about this morning. The reality is we all struggle. We all struggle. We've all got struggles. And suffering is not a Christian problem. It's everyone's problem. But the thing is, and this is where Christians are different, how you deal with the struggles determine whether it will either make you better or bitter, If you want bitter, uh, you can look up, uh, just type into YouTube, Stephen Fry, how dare you? Uh, Stephen Fry, one of the British atheists, well-known public atheist, was asked the question, what would be the thing, if there was a God, you would ask him if you saw him in heaven? And his response was, how dare you? How dare you create a world where there is such misery that it's not our fault? It's not right. It's utterly, utterly evil. Why should I respect a capricious, mean minded, stupid God who creates a world that is so full of injustice and pain? That's what I would say. Suffering's not a Christian problem. Struggles are not a Christian problem. It's everyone's problem, it's Stephen Pry's problem. And I guess the difference is, if it's everyone's problem, it's why. Like, what resource does Christianity bring to a person who is struggling? Because we're all in it, whether you're Stephen or whether you're a believer this morning, we're all in it. And as Eugene Peterson would put it, he said, A Christian, on the other hand, is a person who decides to face and live through suffering. If we do not make that decision, we are endangered on every side. A man or woman of faith who fails to acknowledge and deal with suffering becomes at last either a cynic or a melancholic or a suicide. See, it's the most wonderful time of the year. (laughs) We all struggle. We all struggle. And um, I think The cry of every person's heart whether you're a believer or not or whether you're someone who's just watching in you know maybe you've maybe you've come here this morning and you are struggling and you thought i'm going to give church a try or you're confused you thought i'm going to give god another shot uh one of the things that we find at the center of all of our cry when we're in the midst of these struggles and i don't know if you've felt this when you're in the midst of these struggles right christians is even we as christians say where is god in all of this like what god what are you doing in all of this it's Christmas. Didn't you get the memo? <laughs> right? It's supposed to be happy time. I'm not supposed to be going through this. And I don't know about you, but I, I think we always want, and I said this last week, I feel like we always want a sense of the, we, we want a leader. We want someone with us in all of this. We always want with usness when it comes to the struggles that we face. We want someone with us. When I was a kid, I went uh, for my first farm trip out to Mudgee, you know, being a city kid, never been to the farm before. Got out there, saw echidnas, and I was like six, six, years, eight, six years of age. You know, so when you go to a farm as a city kid, you've got to have all sorts of safety measures when you go out there. And so my dad gave me a Mr. Men whistle, right? A Mr. Men whistle was my prized whistle. And so dad takes me out there. And then grandma, who had lived through the Second World War, as uh, part of the Women's Auxiliary Air Force, she then taught me as a uh, six-year-old uh, Morse code. And uh, and so I learned Morse code on my Mr. Men whistle. And so they taught me that I'm going to go out on my first adventure, and if I get into any trouble whatsoever, Grandma taught me the Morse code for SOS da 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 da. And so if I got into any trouble. I would just blow on my Mr. Men whistle. So anyway, I'm, I'm all packed up. I, I get there um, onto my rad like BMX bike, um, spokey-dokies and everything. Remember those guys, like spokey-dokies, just helmet on, stack hat back in those days, big orange thing, made you feel really embarrassed. You never wanted to ride your bike because you had this giant stack hat. And, and I go off on my big adventure wave, goodbye to dad and grandma, and, and I take off down this steep uh, gravel driveway. And th- think of all the things that I could do. There's echidnas and there's emus and there's a wide world out there. And literally about 10 seconds into it, as, as this little kid sort of disappears over the horizon and down the hill, all that can be heard wafting from the winds of the country New South Wales is this Morse code of... <laughs> John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and, was God, and He was there in the beginning. He was in the world, verse 10, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. And we've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. <laughs> you know what John's saying in that? Did, <inaudible> Da 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 did, did, did. SOS and and just and just as my dad, you know, that was the deal with the whistle. You just blow on the whistle and then dad comes over the hill, and that's all I can ever remember from that memory is that the minute I blow on that whistle, dad was with me in my suffering. And in my struggles. You know, for a for a kid, you know, grazed knee, that's that's as big as it gets, right? The horror that you've hurt yourself on your big adventure then we grow up and we get in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word Jesus God became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us did, 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 Da da da. Did, did, did. Christianity is the only religion if you're struggling today and I need you to hear this Christianity is the only religion that if you are struggling today God comes down the driveway And that should give you an incredible resource for, for what you're dealing with because we're all in suffering and we're all struggling with something. And Christianity gives you an incredible resource. I think the first resource that it gives us is it says that if God became a human, that the Word became flesh, then Jesus gets what struggles are like. And when we understand that God becomes human, He understands struggles. You know what that does? Technically, that nullifies a a deep theological argument that many of you have, and it goes like this. The argument goes like this, what what would He know? What would He know about what I'm going through? What would He know about what I'm struggling with? What would He know about financial hardship? What would He know about the stress? What would He know about anxiety? The answer is all of it. The story of Christmas is a Middle Eastern baby born into a minority people being oppressed by a terrorizing force who under persecution has to flee their homeland and so becomes a refugee and meanwhile is consigned to a life of poverty in a backwater town that no one cares about and a career that's less than spectacular. <laughs> that's the message of the Christmas story, isn't it? That's what we're saving the world with, Lord? Did, 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 da, 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 did, da. Yeah, it is. Because what it shows us, that throughout his life, Jesus experienced financial hardship. And Jesus experienced loss and grief when he lost his friend. And Jesus understood poverty and Jesus understood homelessness. He says, foxes have holes. I don't have a place to go around to. Jesus understood loneliness in all of this. In other words, he gets us. And um, haven't you guys found, have you guys always found like the best counsellors, are those counsellors who have already been through what you've been through? The ones that, you know, they're kind of, they're, they're professional in what they're doing, but they're, hey, I've, I've been there. I understand what that, that's like. Many of you are those counsellors on a Sunday after church. Many of you exhibit what I call the ministry of the comforter. I understand that. I understand what the cancer's like. I understand what the stress is like. I understand what interest rates are like. an heck. He's a great counselor. He's already been there. If God became human, then he gets us. But it also, if God became a human, then it gives us a real basis for courage and for hope. You know, I think there's something that happens in with usness that builds courage. Have you found that? Have you always found that you're kind of stronger and a little bit bigger when someone's with you? Have you found that with a friend? You know, it's like that, uh, this great movie in the 1980s that that we, uh, we make everyone watch as part of our membership class called Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Anyone seen Twins? If you haven't, I'll be running the class in January of next year for all new members. If, if you if just at Newton to Northside, you'll find there's a whole range of like 80s movies that you're just going to have to know in order to understand our theology here. But I love the movie Twins because DeVito's like this slimy, sort of small, um, cheeky character and, and Arnie is this massive, muscular, buff-type dude who's just nothing but integrity and gorgeousness and DeVito's getting beat up by a bunch of gangsters because uh, he's swindled them out of some money. And at the last minute, Schwarzenegger comes in and sees that his new little twin brother is getting beat up by these gangsters and he's like throws them through a glass door and stuff smash it everywhere and uh, and he absolutely beats the daylights out of these gangsters to which DeVito gets over the top of them and says, Yeah, you mess with me, you mess with my whole family. Right. <laughs> there's a there's a courage that comes from the with usness. You, you mess with me struggles, you, you mess with our whole family. We we get bigger but I think we get bigger in our struggles, more practically, because have you found um, that when we look at Jesus, Christians, and we see that in his humanity, this was last week, your Christology informs your theology, big words. You know, the way that you view Jesus affects the way that you view God. Right? And when you understand that Jesus was not only fully God, but he was fully human, this is like theology 101 from Bible college, if he's fully human, then we can look at that humanness and say, you know what? If he can get through this in his humanity, then maybe I can too. Maybe I can too. And so we have a basis for courage and hope that Jesus gets us. And then because he's human, then, and he, he endures in his humanity. He didn't play the God card, then maybe I can too. <clears throat> to which you say, like, what would you know about? What would you know about struggles? What would you know, you know how's, that su- how's that supposed to help me in all of this? Um, how's that supposed to mean anything? I think the reality for me this week is I found out the news that one of my good friends from school, who's part of my wedding party... 42 wife two kids his brain cancer and he's got maybe a couple of weeks at worst a couple of months at best and when his wife called me a year ago when she, when when she got the diagnosis that's a question that she wanted to know like Krista and I sat down with her and she says like like if there is a God where, where is God in all of this and what do we say to that class I I said to her what I'm saying to you this morning and it's this like for all of the theological arguments which in that moment are kind of irrelevant the only one that I ever have left when we see the incarnation, the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh, is that I'm able to say to her, look, I don't have an answer. I can't give you a reason for suffering. But at least the God that I serve and follow has the gumption to swallow his own medicine. No other God in the universe comes down into the junk that we deal with. And I think there's always, when we come to this, where is God in all of this, there's always like one of two answers. It's either you know, it's either the one that wants to make you smack the person in the face, if they say this to you, after, wow, there must be a reason for this. And I think that's too strong a reason in all of that. I don't, I don't know. That's the other answer. I don't know. I, I don't know, but I feel like that's too weak. I think, I think the middle answer is when we say, where is God in all the struggling that I'm going through? The simple answer is with us with us and i don't have an i don't have an answer for that i don't know why he got cancer it's like a one in a 250,000 shot i don't know what to say to you about what life is going to look like after that i don't think it's fair i think it's horrible but if you want to know where god is in all of this the god i worship doesn't remain distant from the pain that you're feeling all of the other religions, they've got holy people, they've got wonderful examples, they set forth teachings, they say, do this and you'll live well, good luck. And Jesus in part does that, but it's, there's so much more to that. you know. And here's what it means. We don't know why there are struggles and suffering in the world, but we, we know what it's not. And it's not that he doesn't care for you or love you. Because the opposite of love, you've heard me say, is not hate, it's indifferent. And when we see the passage that we saw this morning, we see a God who is not indifferent to the pain that you were going through this morning, or that you will go through, or that you have gone through. And when we see God in the midst of that, Eugene Peterson again then goes on to say, and this, of course, is why we are able to face, acknowledge, accept, and live through suffering. We know that it can never be ultimate. It can never constitute the bottom line. God is at the foundation, and God is at the boundaries, and God seeks the hurt, maimed, wandering, and lost. God woos the rebellious and confused. I don't have an answer for what you've been through. I don't have an answer for what you'll go through. But it's not a Christian thing. It's a thing thing, and you will go through it. And the question for you this morning is, will it make you better? Or bitter? And haven't we seen people who got bitter? (laughs) Often we can't change the struggles, but we can change the way that the struggles change us. And the way that we do that is we say, in in all of this, in all the junk, in all of my confusion, at least he got it. (laughs) At least he lived it. And it nullifies the argument to say, what would he know in all of this? But we can say that at least he gets it. I understand this morning if you're the sort of person, maybe you're watching online and you feel angry at God and you feel frustrated at God or you feel confused with God. I get that. He gets that. Have you been broke this year? So has he been. Have you been isolated or lonely this year? So has he. Been rejected this year? So was he. Have you been hurt this year? So has He. Because, most of all, in His humanity, He gets us. Let's pray. Lord, I would pray that this truth permeate into the realities of that which we are each facing as we head to this time of year the pains of loneliness, estrangement, health issues, financial concerns, anxieties. Lord, I thank you for the richness of your word and for the boldness of your people that are within the sound of my voice. Father, we are a place that doesn't shy away from the realities that we each face this Christmas. And I pray by the deep mystery of the working of your Holy Spirit in our lives that you would take some of these truths and may it bring us peace. May it bring us comfort. May it bring us courage, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to take communion as we do each week as a Church of Christ it's one of those things that we do we're not one of the most religious churches or the most religiously expressive churches that we have but there is one thing we do each week is that we uh, we take communion and in so doing um, it's just a different way that I want you to take it and I'm gonna teach you how to take communion this morning and the way that you take communion is you take the bread and the cup and if you are struggling this morning, then you say to it in your head, da And I pray that in this moment, in the stillness of the way that we are worshipping, that you feel His presence of the Father who doesn't ask you to come to Him, but He comes to you. And he meets you wherever you are at and so receive that this morning if you're a guest with us you're more than welcome to take communion you'll see people moving around they're up in the buckets up behind you and the music's gonna be playing and so uh, encourage you if you're a follower of Jesus you're more than welcome to join us even if you're not a member of the church more importantly if you're struggling this morning I'd like to pray with you like I always say you you don't get through this in 20-minute sermon Part of the process of being family and praying for one another being reminded of god's tangible presence in your life having an opportunity to cry out to him and speak to him there's going to be an opportunity to pray this morning for that it's going to be an opportunity to pray too if you're happy and there's some good things happen in your life as well james says that in the scriptures if any of you are happy, then just go and rejoice whilst church is happening. If any of you are sad, we'll go and seek the prayer. Seek the prayer of your elders. So I, you know, any of the elders that are here, will be up the back. We'd love to pray with you in this moment. But I'll let you commune with him. Did, did, did. Da, da, da. Did, did, did.